sensitivity disclaimer for this episode. Here at Clit Talk, we know a lot of our episodes are entertaining and funny. This episode contains material that may trigger anyone who's experienced sexual trauma. Choose to listen when you're ready, and we're here to empower you. Welcome to Clit Talk, the pleasure positive podcast. We are creators, leaders, innovators, and teachers redefining the word clit. Because guess what? It's not a bad word. Pussy, pussy, it's gonna be a good one today. Yes. I'm talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Come on, girls and boys and everyone on the gender rainbow. Bring your pussies to the show. This episode is brought to you by Let's Get Checked and For Your Wellness. What up, Clitorati? Body shame. Us clits are back in the studio, diving back in and getting laser coaching on our own personal shame. If you haven't listened to our two-part series, episode 4950, make sure you go back and do that and listen to last week's episode to get you prepared for this week's episode. Seriously, pull over right now. I'm not kidding. Do it. Okay, so the breakthroughs the cast of Clit Talk had in episode 49 and 50 was next level, and the enormous amount of positive Clitorati feedback has encouraged us to invite back the woman who changed our life once, and she's here to do it again. And just in case you forgot, here's a skinny on her resume. She's a TED Talk ex-speaker, Reiki master, Tantra teacher, mother, wife, former body and food obsessor. Please welcome the leading body image expert and creator of Love Your Body, Love Yourself, Marla Mervis Hartman. Yay! I'm back again. Yay! So you requested us over and over again after our last coaching episode that you wanted us to do another one and for us to go deeper. So for better or worse, here we are. (laughs) We're going deeper for you, Clitorati. We're going to go deep into this shit today. Who wants to go first? Yeah, I'm up. Um, (laughs) Grace. First runner up to bed. Um, so Marla, my, my question and what I would like coaching around is I'm a mom of three daughters and I have this very like positive image around them, but my two youngest ones are about two years apart and they just have totally different body types, eating habits, ones like, and, and this is where like the shame portion comes up because it's like, I have it that one is better at food than the other one. Um, and it's, it feels awful to say it, but I can see how it impacts how I interact with her. Like, and I try really hard not to do it, but she's the type of kid that like will just eat and eat and eat and eat and eat. And the other one's not. She'll take like three bites and then walk away. And there's a lot of like public praise for it, right? So like, oh, you're so self-regulated or wow, is that her third bit of pie? You know, like there's this sort of like, I get pressured by this societal conversation. And I know that there's got to be an impact because I have a certain conversation with one of them where it's like, we have to make good choices. But that conversation doesn't exist with the other one. And I'm wise enough to know that it all comes from here. And I know that imprinting, especially young women right now, like... (laughs) what is that that I'm seeing? Like, is it an internal conversation? And how do I disrupt it so that I can be the type of mom that I'm committed committed to being for them, especially around body image? Well, as you know, being a mom, like our kids trigger all of our stuff that needs 
that needs to be shifted. The fact that you're aware that it is an issue is great news. Because Yay me. Yes. Yay you. <laughs> and so this is your journey. And when you get to go in and get to see like why is one better than the other? Mm-hmm. And where has that shown up in your life? And how has that affected you and affected your choices? And where's the shame in it? Like, where is that shame point that that kind of makes the wobble and makes you feel uncomfortable with the daughter that eats more? Mm. Like, what is that thought? And what is that feeling? Sometimes it's just actually the feeling. Yeah. The feelings in my stomach. Like, I feel like sort of the bottom drops out a little bit. Um I mean, in my head, I just go to, I I don't know, I just, I guess I go to like food regulation in my own childhood, right? Like certain foods were unrestricted, certain foods were restricted heavily. Like there was always like a conversation of like, don't take more, don't have more. You know, I remember like stealing chocolate and M&Ms. Absolutely. And, uh things like that. That's a really interesting question. Well, I would invite you to do something a little different here. And that would be just be with your own feeling. Lots of times when we have a, a feeling or emotion, we think we have to act on it. So if you were to be in, take a moment of time where you're oh my gosh, she's going for another round, right? And you're having that and you already identified it's in your belly. Mm -hmm. Great that you already know that. Feel it. Mm. Let yourself actually feel that. Even slow it down. Take, put your hand there, like feel your breath. You don't have to do anything. This tension and this programming is showing up in your body and may just need to release and let go. So I notice with my son when I'm like, oh my gosh, like maybe I'll get overwhelmed with like impatience or or just frustration. I'm like, I don't have to do anything. I just have to feel the frustration and it will pass. So I know that's not hitting on exactly like maybe what you're thinking (laughs) of, but it, it takes us back into our bodies. It takes us back into our bodies and allows our body to clear it. You know, and that that can be a beautiful experience for I you. I felt a release as soon as you said it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, sort of, like, just take the pressure. Like, just go that it's yours. Like, there's something there for you. And just, like, let it go. Or just be with it in the moment. And there's no need to interact over there or to be hypervigilant. It's just here. Like, the work is all internal. Yes. So mm-hmm. I felt a release as soon as you said it. I was like, Great. oh, hmm. Okay, I'm good, guys. Great. <laughs> and, and it's just like that. And it's just like that. <laughs> and do you know what, though? Sometimes, sometimes it can it be. Yeah. Sometimes it can be that way. Yeah, especially when you real like, I realize that the conversation isn't, in quotes, real. Like, I get that it's something that I generate, and then I listen for it to show up, you know? Like, I'm hypervigilant about it, but just releasing Maybe I don't have to be concerned about this at all. I, and I just want to say, like, what we're talking about, like, things can change like that. Like, what I I like to do in any coaching session or any op- 
any time where women are coming together is to call on the energy of miracles, call on the energy of like full healing. Like we don't have to go through like this moment right here. If you're listening to this, this could be the moment that something shifts internally. And for us in the studio, this is a moment where we can all literally leave here changed. And so, but we just have to be in the place of receivership. So just in this moment, like we're calling that into this space to land and be in our bodies. Thanks, Mala. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Crystal, you're up. So I'm a little nervous to bring this up with you because it's something that I've really not talked about with anybody. It's completely inner thoughts. And I know um, in episodes 49 and 50, there were conversations that we had in in one of those episodes around like PCOS and having stomach, like just having extra weight around my stomach that's been a struggle and it's been hormonal and medical issues around it. And when I was first discovering that I had the diagnosis of PCOS and metabolic syndrome, I actually called a plastic surgeon friend of mine and was like, dude, what if you just like cut my stomach off? Will that fix this? Because then like the hormones won't be having to manage it. Like it really was a thought and a question I legitimately had with a friend of mine who's a plastic surgeon. And now it's been, I think, at least three years with the diagnosis, two on medication, because um, I didn't go on the medication right away because I was like, no, I'm not doing that. So then I've been really looking at where can, should I really consider this? Should I really consider plastic surgery as a solution to fixing fixing myself and my body? And I'm someone who like, doesn't even agree with Botox. Like I just like want to hold off as long as possible. Um, but that's like been a real consideration. And I've did try, um, I won like a cool sculpting session. And did that before a trip to Mexico a couple of years ago. And I didn't think it did shit. And then it's looking at different things like Sonobello or what are minimally invasive and evasive. And so I'm sharing the world of it with you to kind of give you like, these are all the things I've been thinking about and trying to discover for myself what would make sense. But then it also has me wonder, is there something wrong? Like the fact that I'm even considering these things, is that is that actually a bad thing? Or are these just tools out there created to help people that are going through something like me? Can I ask you a question just for clarity? So the the, pla- the original plastic surgery that you asked for, like the stomach thing, would the, is that something like where they're removing parts, it would actually take away the symptoms of the It wouldn't. PCOS. That oh. was his answer. Which, no, it would, take a, it would be it. like it would just, a liposuction. Yeah. So something? it's just taking away the, the weight. But my basically. thinking was like, if got I got it. rid of that, that it would fix the medical part because that's part of, it was, because PCOS oh, is like, you, the, like, the weight is there and the way to get rid of the PCOS is to get rid of the weight, but it doesn't let you get rid of the weight. And that's the whole problem if it's a cyclical cyclical, I don't want to say disease, but problem. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, cool. So should I just cut my stomach off? (laughs) It kind of makes sense, right? Hey, Marla. (laughs) Marla's face right now. Horrified. (laughs) Well, when you, I mean, have you asked your body? Mm. Um... 
Not, okay, in the way that you're saying it, probably not. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry. (laughs) The answer would be no. (laughs) But I've checked in. I mean, it's been, and that's, it's like, look, when you go on a website and you're researching stuff, you're thinking about the impact. You're thinking about the time it will take. Some people have issues that happen when they go under the knife or even not under the knife. Like, there's things that, there's implications, or there's repercussions. There's- well, I think it's important to figure out what's the intention, what are you wanting to fix? Like, you already said it. Like, you know it's not going to actually fix any of any of the, the medical issues. The medical issues. Right. So we, if we take that out, and so you, you know that, and then at this point, if you did it, it would just be cosmetically. And I know a, a lot of people will do that, and they're, I don't, I would never tell a woman not to do that if that's something they feel in the core of their being, that if I do this, I will feel so much better. However, it's it's a very tender place and a very real place that you have to be in to realize, like, why are you doing it? Is it coming from the sense of shame that your body's not okay? Or is it, like, like what is it? actually like what is it what is it touching on for in and in, in hearing you ask that question like my immediate reaction is like i just want to feel good in my fucking clothes yeah that's literally what it is i hear you and it's if it fixed the medical issues that would have been gravy like that would have been ideal right oh okay that's then it's a win win right but i'm you know i i had smaller breasts younger and as I've put weight on, my breasts have gotten larger. I really enjoyed them now. Yeah. And I remember being They're like nice. considering. <laughs> consider- I'll give the stomach right? back, but I'll keep the perky titties. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. But I remember in college, like girls getting boob jobs. And I was like, yeah, if I could just inflate them during sex. I love them. Otherwise, like I really was like, I can work out without a problem. I can wear most clothes, but I now I also still I love them and I like them now that they're bigger. But exactly, if I could just get rid of the tummy and keep the titties, well, I, I think <laughs> so good. that sounds like a really good. Bar and I've like down never talked to anybody about this. Like I'm glad that we're laughing actually because it is really like a these are inner thoughts I've n- I don't talk about. Of course, you know I mean except for the one phone call to my plastic surgeon friend, but it's like. So I don't know how to. Yeah. Well, I'm just as your as your <laughs> fellow clit on the show. I'm really proud of you for talking about it because Absolutely. I know how hard it is for you to talk about things that are deeply personal for you. And I can already tell in just you sharing it in this room and having like us be in the conversation with you and being able to laugh about it. Like you're already lighter just talking yeah. about it. And something that you said, I feel like so many women can resonate, which it which is, I just want to feel good in my body. I just want to feel good in my clothes. Like, can, I just, can I just feel good about myself? I know I'm not the only one. It's part of why I wanted to bring this up yeah. and part of why I thought it was important to say something because there's, there's got to be people out there that feel the same way yeah. and think and, of the same solution. Yeah, and you know that feeling can make one go on a diet. Like, I just want to feel good in my clothes, which can take people down the diet road or the plastic surgery road, or the road of like body shame, or the road of healthy choices, right? 
all of those are an option. But like in our last episode, I think you were talking about this like discipline thing. I would start there. I would start looking at like where where you feel like you have to be disciplined and then you're not. Because it seems like there's some adjustment in that that can even make you feel better in your body. Because when if you're making healthy choices and you actually know that you're you're making the choices that your body wants, not from a place of like discipline, but from a place of just truth, you you are going to feel better in your body. Mm. You, you just you are mm-hmm. because you're even with the PCOS, it's gonna it's gonna be even more important for you to listen to what your body wants and to get support. Well, and that I can relate that to, you know, learning how to eat smaller portions because I grew up in a household where you ate a lot. So I can relate that I do feel better when I listen to my body. How do I feel about how much I just ate? Okay, yeah, I don't need to eat anymore. I can put the rest of this in the fridge, which is a new conversation for me in the last few years. So that's where I can connect that. And I feel like, I mean, PCOS, I don't have that. And you do. And there's a lot of other women that do. So I don't know if you've ha- been or in, in some sort of community, but it, I think it would be, I think it would really serve you to be with other women who are having the same issues that are going through the same thing. So you can commiserate and talk and get tools with that can help you. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I only actively know one other person and it's just kind of like, oh, you just don't have an answer. I bet you could do a Facebook search and find a yeah. community. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna Facebook search that for you. I'm gonna send <laughs> you my top three favorite ones. Hopefully there isn't just one that exists out there. Amanda, get your ass on a Facebook group. It's great. Thank you, Sugar. Thank you. Oh. Oh, Marlo's looking at me. Okay. Third up to bat, Lindsay. Uh, yeah. Um yeah, so when we were we all were prepping for the episode, I was really looking at and re-listening to the last episode I did with you, it was really interesting because I'm in a very different place. Last episode, I talked a lot about my then boyfriend who I'm no longer with and all the things he was saying to me and everything. And I was like, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. And I really didn't know what it was. It hit me like a ton of bricks. I was talking to Grace and um, there's a real part of me that's resentful of my body's age because I really want to have babies and I'm afraid that I'm running out of time. And I'm like not in a position where it's even close to going to happen. And I don't have the money to freeze my eggs. And, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I bury myself in spirituality and I do what I can to make peace with it. And there's this little voice that's like, it just may never happen for me. And that's really sad. And I wish that my body was younger. Mm -hmm. I so feel you. Thank you for sharing that. So vulnerable. Even the... If you were here with us, you would feel this really sweet space that is in the room. It's like real and soft and and it's like you're with yourself. 
and you're in the feeling of it and the emotions of it. And that is beautiful. I think a lot of women, maybe some out here that are listening to to you can relate to it. And what it can do, that fear can catapult women into, I gotta do this, I gotta do this, gotta find the man, I gotta, right? And it's great to like be, have some sort of maybe plan, right? But when it becomes out of body, then it's not connected and then it's not authentic and then you're not actually finding the man that you're yeah, like, or you're not even wanna, seeing. Yeah. You're not even seeing what the possibilities are. I don't want to have a baby with the wrong person. No, like I definitely want to. So it's like, but there's this like one of those things with like the sand. <laughs> like, like, yeah. like, These are the, the days of our lives. Yeah. Yes, and yeah. and it's just always there. Yeah. Well, and I do think that society tells us that it's a certain age, and you are not a normal woman. Like if like they they say a certain age and it's like this is my belief. Yeah, <laughs> I had please my, tell yeah, me. <laughs> I, I had my son when I was thir- was I thirty nine? I was thirty eight and thirty nine is when I actually end up. Ha- yeah, ha- when I had him, and I know like they they say it's a certain age, but like think about all the women, think about all the unhealthy women. People aren't taking care of themselves, right. and that's not you. So you have a lot more years than the doctors say or Google says. Mm. So whatever that pressure is on yourself as far as age, it's not going to help you. No shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so, like it's the, it's really the struggle of staying in my body and not letting that fear take over, but it's a constant tug of war yeah. with myself. It would be it is it's like slowing down and being like okay, I need to on a database, day-to-day basis, like how can I self-soothe myself away from this belief? Yeah. What can I do to let go of this belief? You know, whether it's journaling, whether it's doing like Byron Katie's The Work, um, whether it's, you know, finding like, okay, I'm, I'm feeling these feelings and okay, I'm, okay, no, it's not true. No, I have a lot more time. This this thought is not helping me. I actually have um, actually a free gift for your community, which is get out of your head and into your body. And it's a moving meditation for this specific issue. Okay. When we're in our mind and we're trying to get out of our mind, but we're on the same loop and on the same loop, we have to get out of our head and get into our body and get ourselves into a different space. Mm-hmm. So, and that may be for you, like, okay, for the, for today, I'm not worrying about it. For this next month, I'm focusing on, on having fun. Or I'm focusing on my career. And, I mean, I love the power of prayer. So wherever, wherever you are in that spiritual yeah, experience. Yeah, I do too. I do too, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely keeping the faith, but it's. It's, you know, to hear that next year, according to the doctors, it'll be a geriatric pregnancy is, like, pretty fucked up. Yeah. (laughs) Which 
person, by the way. Who came up with like? I mean, really? It's the most ridiculous thing ever. I was a geriatric pregnancy because I delivered right before I was going to be thirty-five. There, there are so many. So problems. I was geriatric too. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that fucked up. <laughs> you, didn't you say you were high risk? Or I something? actually oh. think that there are so many jacked up conversations around birth and pregnancy and. Like medical terminology that come like geriatric pregnancy. <laughs> what like, really? what the fuck? Like the worst. Seriously. Seriously. Like, and I was like, I was like, it was probably created by a man. I didn't course. want to do that. Named Jerry. Named Jerry. <laughs> oh my god. Your inner Fran sugar just came out. <laughs> yeah, no. But thanks for B. I just bring it up because I feel like, especially in this stage, there's a lot of women that probably feel that way. Yeah, and and I know those those moments in time where my my body was aching to have a baby. I could feel like my hormones were like just like, ah, and you have a baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> and there was like no man around, but like my body, I could feel my loins like wanting to have like a, a baby in Never. there. Oh, just no, to me. Oh. Well, you don't like kids, Crystal. I know, but this actually is fantastic, so I'm really sure. Yeah, no. I'm hoping this happens to me. I'm it like, will. I'm just shit out of luck. It Why will. don't I want one? It will. It did. It honestly, honestly, sure. I didn't. I wasn't even sure if I wanted a baby till I was like 31. Yeah, it oh, kicks oh, in fuck. around okay. then. Yeah. Yeah, it's my whole 20s. I was like, I've got nothing but time. And I'm like, why should have gotten knocked up? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. You spend all of your 20s trying not to get pregnant. And then it's like, yeah. <laughs> you're like, where's Jerry? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing and there's that. There's women that have had it in their yeah. 40s. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but if one more person says that to me, I'm going to kick someone. I don't want to be someone in their 40s having a baby for the first time. Like, that's not what I want. That's Mm. not what I want. And it may, like, like, on, and this is not directed at you, Crystal, but people keep saying that to me. Oh, women are having babies in their 40s all the time. That's not what someone who is in their 30s wants to fucking hear. Or you're telling me I have to wait another eight years before it's even a possibility? Like, fuck you. Mm. I think it's more (laughs) to reassure. I 100% get where you're coming from. And I think it's more to reassure you like there's time. That's the yeah, I know. The reasoning and, and, behind it. And it, it feels but. like, and I'm and it feels like in the last episode where someone is like saying something and like, oh, you look great. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's kind of in that oh, realm. Yeah. Of like, oh, you're gonna be fine. Rather than like, just get me. I'm hurting. Yeah. I don't want to hear that it's gonna be okay in my 40s. Mm-hmm. That's not what I need. And and I'm and I would assert that's not what most women in their you know, mid thirties need to hear when they share this with you. What would be a good answer? Well, <laughs> now she's scared well, of me. <laughs> well, no, this is perfect though because that's exactly what we do. If yeah, it's yeah. you look great, or you don't look that old, or you yeah, can be that, or you don't need you know, to worry about getting married it's, until it's, X. Actually, yeah, what Marla, honestly, what Marla did was perfect. Is she was just with me? She just got me. She didn't tell me that it was going to be okay. Because no. it may and it may not. It may and it may not. And I would say for you, I get that you are not appreciating people saying this, yeah. but the tension that you're having around it and the little, like, it is like in your body, like that anger, that's your place to start working on. Yeah. Whatever that is triggering you about this experience, that's your next thing to look at. 
Yeah, I get that. And it's it, it's more, I've talked about this with other women. I wanted to be the voice of when someone shares with this with you to have the reaction like you had to just be with them and not tell them like, oh, it's going to be okay or oh, you look great and like that kind of a thing. Exactly. It's like, that's not what someone's asking for. Totally. When they share this with you. And yeah. I just, I wanted to make sure I put that in for like anyone Absolutely. who's feeling the way that I feel. Yeah. Hey there, Clitorati. It's Katie. So you all know I'm a nurse and Clit Talk for me is a health conversation. I really want to take a minute to share a product with you that has made a huge difference in my life. Foria Wellness Awaken CBD Lubricant. Remember that. I use it multiple times per week and this is coming from the woman who never used to masturbate. Not only has it enhanced my new masturbation lifestyle, it's eased the pain I used to have during sex and my husband is super happy because our bedroom play is so much more fun. So I personally reached out to Foria Wellness to see if they would partner with Clit Talk and they were an overwhelming yes. So now you can get a discount on their fabulous products by going to our brand new pleasure store at clittalkshow.com. All their products are there and if you're interested in trying them out for yourself, use the discount code CLITTALK10 for 10% off your purchase. I can't recommend them enough. So do yourself a favor and get your pussy high. And the anger, is that something that your um, your free gift, is that like getting in your body or is it something else to really express the anger or what would you recommend? I struggle with the same thing of like rage out of nowhere. Mm. <laughs> Everyone's laughing because they know it's true. <laughs> I was just um, imagining you because you're so cute to me. So I'm just like imagining um, you. In your rage. Well, that's a, I mean, that's a different thing, right? I mean, it is, is, but it isn't. No, I, I, I totally, I, I totally get that. I feel like so many women and I have had so many of my clients who have come to me and they've just pushed down their anger. They pushed it down. And those moments of like your rage coming, it's just because your body can't handle, it can't hold anymore. Mm -hmm. Does not want to hold it. It has no space to hold it. Mm. Your body wants to be healthy. And the more you keep pushing down your rage and your anger, like, it will— The bigger it comes out? Not only the bigger that comes out, but if you don't allow it out, it will find a way in its body to come out, right? right. right? In ways that we—you don't want that to happen. And I went on a journey of, I don't know, maybe two good—maybe two years, maybe even longer of, I need to feel my anger— and I was on a bloody mission. Maybe My poor husband. Angry, Katie. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. I think it's important. Yeah. <laughs> and I just think intuitively, I feel like there there may be a there may be in that information that you're giving that you can have into your 40s, there actually may be some place of peace for you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm definitely angry about it. Yeah, like I got fucked over. Someone made me promises and took three and a half years of my life only to change their mind. It's fucked up. Yeah, I'm angry. And then to be told on top of that it's going to be okay, honey, yeah, it pisses me off. I'm fully aware that I'm angry. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. You'll you'll be an angry geriatric pregnant woman. Exactly. An old pregnant angry bitch. No. Well, but don't you think, like, as women, the the conversation of anger and what we suppress and what we swallow and what we, like, take, like, the whether it's lewd comments from men or 
guys that, you know, promise things and don't deliver or our own anger at ourselves for not performing the way we think we should. Like anger is a women conversation and a collective because it's not um, when you express anger even as a woman, you're considered crazy or a bitch or something. Like there's not a lot of healthy outlets for anger and people aren't very good at being with it either. Like the full rage of an impassioned woman who like wants like – we want what we want and we feel like we're de- denied it and deprived it and yeah. and suppressed and placated in it in sort of this kind of gross way that like just, you know, like, you'll be right, darling. I'll look at you. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it's just got that real kind of ickiness. Like let me be a little bit pissed off. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I love that Show for you. <laughs> Cunt. Who's up next? Who's in the hot seat? Did you want to go last or something? Yeah. I, I mean, I, mean, I don't have to. Good, because well, I want to hear you speak. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm just going to trust that this is going to come out okay. Um, so I was preparing for this episode, listening to the, um, the coaching that you were giving all of us. And um, so I... You had said something that really resonated with me in that episode of, I don't really have a ton of, like I've had hangups about my body, but when it comes to sex, it's not my body. I have trouble getting intimate. And you said something to me, you're like, oh, there's some trauma there. And I just go, oh, (laughs) I just heard myself go like, well, I haven't had any trauma is what like I no, that's what I thought because I couldn't think of anything. And um, when I was re-listening to it, it just like, I, I was driving and I had to pull over because I felt nauseated. And, I, and I've been feeling nauseated. This happened, I listened to it on Friday. It's Tuesday now and I still feel nauseated. And um, it was like a repressed memory came up for me. And um and I was talking about just the rage and how I really dealt with that. And I was in a, um, my first real boyfriend in high school, we dated for six years and it was like a jigsaw puzzle. When I listened back to this episode, I'm like, oh, all this makes so much sense from that point to now, to all the problems that I'm having, still engaging in an in intimate relationship with my husband and with myself. I am so glad that I have this show and that I've done so much that we're educating people on sexual violence because I was really aware of the domestic violence that was in the relationship. And that was actually what I managed for and forgave and totally forgot about and moved on with my life. And what I totally missed was the biggest part. And that was all the sexual abuse. I didn't even know that it was sexual abuse until Friday when I was like, oh. And then I remembered what happened, all the things that happened. And um, particularly, um, like it started with him not wanting anyone to know we were dating and we'd be hanging out in his car and he'd make me hide when someone would walk by. 
to we were at a party and he like pushed me up against the wall and I had all these hickeys on my necks and I didn't even know like what hickeys were. I was like, what is this? I was like, you can't do this to me. And he would always try to do it. And then he would never eat me out. And then, because he said my, you know, that was gross, which is why I, to this day, still am uncomfortable with it. But what I forgot was the first time I ever had sex was with him. And we were just making out and I was leaving and his friend was there. And, um, and all of a sudden I was like, what was that? And he's like, I just put my dick inside you. And I was like, oh, well, I, I like have to go. I don't remember. This is the part that I can't totally remember, but I know I said something and I remember that I had to go. And he said, well, if we don't finish now, you'll never know when your first time was. That I always remembered. And, um, and he was the person who I wanted to have my first time with. And, um, and then like there were other repressed memories that I think his friend was in the room. And, and I just remember leaving. And I, I think I've had issues being enjoying sex. I think it's all the reasons why I've had all of it, but I completely forgot about this. Completely forgot. And um, I don't know how to start healing that. <laughs> um, and it's just, uh, and I'm angry. And part of me is relieved that I remember because it makes so much sense. And um, and part of me feels bad for my husband now because the, the being touched right now is like not like what I want at all, even though I want to want to be. And um, and I I just like want it to be like over. I thought this part of my life was done. And it's like, and I, and it's, and it will be, but I don't know where to start. Um, well, I think you already have. I mean, this is so huge. I mean, your body has remembered this now. I, I think it's so important to realize that you're remembering this when you're supposed to remember it. Like, we don't want to go like digging into places or even drudging up images that we don't need to see or or remember right right like this is a gift that you are remembering and it's being brought up right now and just you being with these feelings and allowing yourself to write about it talk about it get it because right what I heard was is that you dealt with the domestic you know and there's been forgiveness but your body hasn't forgotten Right. No, it was like your body. It, shut I started down. shaking. I yeah. had like a phys. I've had a physical response ever since, which is why I was like, "Oh, like this is." I'm not making this up. No, you're not, and that's why somatic work around sexual trauma is so important to get it out of the body. You know, it's not just about. I mean, it is about talking about it, but it's also like letting the body and the tissue heal. And and also that feeling of like wanting it to be over. 
that's the part that I would really slow down because that's the part of the shame in it. I feel so stupid that I didn't. And I know like if I've heard my friends say that, I'd be like, don't feel stupid. But like that I didn't even realize that it was sexual abuse. Like I didn't have enough education to even identify it. Like I actually still don't know like, like was that rape? I don't, or was it just, is it sexual trauma? Or like, I still don't really even know how to think about it. Well, I would take it out of that realm and just be with how it feels personally. Okay. Don't put it into any sort of label right now. Uh Just be really in touch with that young part of you, that young girl who is scared or uncomfortable or what do I do or how am I feeling about this? this doesn't feel good Mm -hmm. so that you can just make it more of an see the part of you that doesn't want to be intimate with your husband now needs to be intimate with yourself so it's the part of you that feels stupid it's like letting her have a voice like that's probably where a lot of the anger comes from too for sure i'm telling you it was like all of a sudden, everything made sense. Mm-hmm. Sitting here, as I'm like, I've known you for probably five five years now. Been in this podcast with you for three years. Never heard this. You just discovered it Friday. It makes so much sense to me now, being your friend and knowing you. Yeah, I mean, and it- what you just said about like it starts with internal work and an intimate relationship with myself. That's exactly what I've been doing the last three years. I just guess I didn't really know why. Um, so I don't know, like, the whole masturbation conversation has been such a life changer for me because I never used to do that. No one ever talked to me about my own pleasure or how to ask for what I want because I had no idea what I wanted. Like, those are all things that I've learned over these last two years. So. Is there another like part of that that's not physical that I can do? Another tool that yeah. you can do? Mm-hmm. Like mean, to build an intimate relationship with myself? Are you talking about like physical things or is it more like? I'm thinking even just conver- like having conversations with yourself and writing this stuff out and being very like acknowledging yourself. Like acknowledging yourself that you're like at this point where it is, uh, you're allowing this information to come out. Like all the work that you have done up to this point has led you to the, okay, we are now safe enough to let this memory come. Mm -hmm. Like you had to do all that other work because you may not have been ready and even the, you know, even the masturbation and the self-pleasuring is like letting the, t- the tissue is like, okay, now she can know. Mm. Now it's time. And I've had that, I've had a very similar thing of, you know, I'm like, oh, that was, oh, that was sexual trauma. Oh, I thought that was just, you know, it was so poo-pooed and or not even looked at. Yeah, because I mentioned it to people and I was like, yeah, it was sucked, but it was like, whatever. But see, this is the thing. And this is what we do with sexual trauma is that there's so many huge incidences of women 
like being raped and very violent yeah, sexual. Exactly. So we say, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Right. But our body does, doesn't believe that. Mm-hmm. Our body believes it's a big deal. We don't have to label it anything, but we still need to be with our body. And like our body could be like, you're just like a young girl. You didn't know what was going on. Right? Like that, that's, yeah. that's like, what is just happening here? And someone betrayed that in you. Maybe not purposely, but it's what happened. Right. Right? So it doesn't matter that it wasn't something huge. It matters that it it hurt you and how you feel. So this is something for you to look into. This is maybe something for you to talk to find someone to talk deep deeper about this. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah. it's only going to get better. I think bodies are such incredible allies. Like uh, repress repression of trauma and hurt that you can't actually deal with. Like until you can deal with it. Like it's a profound gift, you know. Like that. It might feel like weird that you didn't know about it, but I had a friend who was molested by her father and she didn't remember it until she was much, much, much older, like in her 40s. And it was the same thing. But but she said to me afterwards, she goes, in, in my 40s, what I could see was both the trauma, but she said I could see the cause of it in a different way. She could see the alcoholism. She could see the destitute life that he lived. She could see that it was rage driven at his life, not personally directed at her. It was like in her 40s, and she said never previously in her life would she have been in a position to actually see kind of the totality of the trauma. And she said it actually allowed her to heal much quicker. And she was very grateful for the repression because she wasn't at a place any time previously where she would have been empowered to sort of see it in its totality rather than see it that that it was just that trauma and that she was. Um, and it had had its impact along her life, right? Like right. holding that trauma. But there was, I remember it just being one of the most powerful conversations I'd ever had with another woman because it's such a taboo topic, right? right. To be, and, and, but her freedom around it because she could see sort of like the circumstances that had led to her dad presenting in that way actually allowed her a, a very fast access to healing and forgiveness for both of them, not condoning, mm-hmm. but for her personally access to sort of a freedom. And she was very clear. She was like, at no other point in my life, unless I had done all the internal personal work that I have done, would I have been able to see this, move through it and process it. So Absolutely. And I'm great. I'm so grateful that I had, uh, that I decided to have a kid too before this, because I don't know if I would ever have done that. I'm sure that helped clear a lot out too. Probably. Well, I really thank everyone for being so vulnerable tonight and sharing. And I'm sure that all of our stories made a difference for different people out there. And again, thank you so much to Marla for being here and for being so generous with your time and for really digging in deep with all of us. 
Um, now, I know you have a free gift for our listeners. Will you mind telling us about that again? Yes. It's called Get Out of Your Head and Into Your Body. And we talked about it in this episode. And um, it'll be, in, I guess, in the show notes. Yeah, it'll be the show notes. But it's going to be a moving meditation that's really going to help you actually access your pleasure and then help you in those moments where you're in that loop where you're just thinking maybe negative thoughts or negative beliefs and you need to get out of your head, into your body, and into a space that's little more yummy. Perfect. <laughs> and then if anybody wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way for if everyone wants to work with you? How, yes. how do they get the Love your body, you? loveyourself.com. Thank you so much, Clitorati. And we will see you next Tuesday. Thank Thanks, you. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Did you just love this episode of Clit Talk? Well, shit, then you better head on over to iTunes and subscribe. But only if you want amazing orgasms. Also, while you're over there, please rate us and leave a review. But again, only if we're open to incredible sex and amazing relationships and world peace and stuff like that. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, it's very much appreciated. And thank you.